1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what I've done spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: Oh, it's going to be a busy night. I'm giving this week an 8 out of 10 on the Waverometer. I think it's a really good waiver wire week. I'm excited to talk about these players' big-time priorities. Plus, we'll recap a very, uh, very fun Monday night football game, surprisingly. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard. Jamie, do you share my—you're always optimistic about the waiver wire. You, you must be feeling it this week.
2: I like it. You know, there's no, uh, oh, my God, this is the best player ever in fantasy to add. Um but there are some very good starting options, uh, not just for this week, but for some long-term play. So, yeah, it's a it's a fun week on the waiver wire. It's not a break your bank week on the waiver wire, but it's a fun week on the waiver wire. It's not. I,
1: like, I wish it. What I about, wish it was a. There's a guy that's gonna right. be the greatest player ever in fantasy on the waiver wire because we're gonna lose the greatest guy to ever play fantasy.
0: Oh, for yeah. There's that. But we, but we, you Stupid know, shoulder. We have, uh, we have Duke Johnson. Not, not,
1: yeah
2: uh, <laughs> Not feeling that. I mean, <laughs> well, there's no guarantee that the starters in, in the running back situations are going to be out. That's yeah. the problem.
0: Okay, Rex Burkhead maybe, and I, I think the lo- the long term players are kind of why I think this is a unique week, unique
2: week, New, unique New York.
0: Debo Samuel, Austin Hooper, <laughs> maybe Dallas Goddard.
2: Well, I was gonna say the like tight that. ends. You know that, that's why I kind of gave a little hesitation on saying that there's no break your bank type of guys because there's those two tight ends could be startable. The problem is we don't know how long Zach Ertz is out, which puts a little bit of a cap on Goddard. But Hooper's Hooper's got a chance. You know, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So uh,
0: we'll with we'll to the top priorities on by this week, Atlanta, great week for
2: DST streamers.
0: Great week. Atlanta, Dallas, Kansas City, and the Jets are on by this week. So there's that. All right. You know what? Let's just throw out some names. Let's rock and roll. Dave, give me your top waiver wire priorities.
1: I think Duke Johnson's probably still going to be at the top of the list among running backs. We don't know for sure if David Johnson's going to be out, but man, if you saw the play, David Johnson was just laid out. So I don't know what his chances are of being able to play. And Duke Johnson would be the workhorse for Houston. So I don't mind that. I'm looking at the receivers too. Jacoby Myers, if he's going to continue to see his targets go up, Week after week after week, like we've seen, maybe he is a guy that could be someone that helps you win your PPR league. Curtis Samuel would be another one. Tim Patrick, a third.
2: You just wonder why Julian Edelman couldn't do this, right? <laughs> uh, well, I think that's the problem for Myers is that yeah. you know that he, him, and Richie James are going to cost people some fab uh, points, fab, fab budget, because you can't trust Myers in Week Ten against the Ravens, and why not Mikiel Harry may play because he's dealing with a concussion. So that's going to be another factor to consider. And then Edelman will come back, but Myers has been great. I mean, the targets have been fantastic. There's a clear rapport with cam Newton. And so he's absolutely worth adding if you can, but don't go crazy with him. And the same thing with Richie James, you know, people are going to look at what he did last Thursday, but there was nobody there for the 49ers and they're getting their guys back. Obviously, Brandon is going to play and there's a chance Debo Samuel plays as well. So, Uh, I love the upside of Jacoby Myers, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a trap uh, because of what's coming up and what's returning for the Patriots.
0: So for Myers, he's 20% rostered. He just had 12 catches for 169 yards on 14 targets at the Jets. He's got Baltimore this week. And I'm looking at his first two games, his previous two games, maybe as a, I wonder what you guys think about this, a better estimate of what you might get from Myers this week. That would be four catches for 60 yards against San Francisco, six catches for 58 yards against Buffalo. So that, you know, that's 10 to
2: 10 to 12 PPR points, right? That's the game. Yeah. That's what you're hoping for against Baltimore. They get Houston after that, which is uh, clearly a great matchup. So you'd like to see Nikhil Harry and Julian Elliman be out for those two games. Um, but, you know, if, if he's in this shared situation, you know, I mean, look, Cam is obviously working his way through. They made this, you know, comment on the, on the broadcast that he's still not trusting his protection. Um, you know, he's, he's dealt with just a lot of different moving parts. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, he threw the ball really well last night for what he's been doing. You know, a lot of the short underneath routes, he hasn't, you know, necessarily challenged downfield. But he took advantage of what the situation was. It was a great matchup against the Jets. I thought he played well. He did. And Myers was a huge part of that. And so, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. But again, Jets, Baltimore, totally different scenario here. So yeah. what he's going to deal with next uh, next Sunday night is a much different animal.
1: Couldn't we say that we know what the floor is for him, that 10 to 12 PPR point range and that the ceiling, uh, he, he broke the ceiling against the Jets. I don't think he'll ever be that good. But eight catches, 90 yards, something like that. I can't rule that out as something can, that he Baltimore. could do. Yeah, it's hard to say against Baltimore, but against Houston the week after that, I don't mind it. Right. I don't mind using him sure. as a number three receiver for the next couple of weeks. But he's not gonna do that if everybody's need. there though. That's the problem.
2: Well, but do you really care about Nikhil sure Harry? That's
1: the case. Yes, I care about Nikhil Harry because they're gonna play Nikhil Harry. But he's a different type of receiver than Nikhil Harry. They're still
2: gonna they're still gonna play these guys. And let's also not forget they also just traded for Isaiah Ford, who's gonna play as well. So they're getting guys well, back. We'll they're see. They're getting guys on the field. And so it's just a matter of target share. He look, they had nobody last night. I mean, their tight ends were obliterated. Those guys are all hurt. Uh, they haven't used them the majority of the season, and so you know you're just looking at what the what the the landscape is. The landscape was Jets terrible. He had a great opportunity. I think it was his birthday last yesterday too. I think they represented the broadcast. Yeah, so yeah. Just everything. Kind, it's kind not going to be as good as
0: what. Well. It's not going to be as good, but 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 you still think you know ten to twelve PPR fantasy points you could get that. Yeah, no, right. I think
2: that's 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 okay. absolutely in play right. if there is no Edelman and Harry for the foreseeable future. The game you want to point to is the is the Houston game because you want to pick him up now see what he does against Baltimore, hope those guys stay out, and then you get to the Houston game, and if he's still playing at this level, then you got a must-start fantasy option.
0: All right, so let's think enough about Jacoby Myers. Uh, you can you can add him. Uh, Dave, I'm sorry, you said Duke Johnson, Jacoby Myers. Did you say Tim Patrick? Is that what I heard?
1: He was in there, but Curtis Samuel is ahead of him.
0: Yeah. All right, what about Debo Samuel? That's the guy that, if he's available, that's like...
1: And he's out there in 43% of leagues, and we know that he can absolutely contribute to the 49ers offense, especially now that George Kittle isn't going to be back anytime soon. Absolutely should be someone who's a priority. No guarantee that he'll play in Week 10, although I think there's a chance that he could make it.
2: Right, that's the problem
1: for him, is that if he
2: doesn't play Week 10, they have a buy in Week 11. This is the long-term play, if you're looking at it from, can I get somebody that I could start in the fantasy playoffs? And the hope would be is that He comes back healthy, maybe this week, gets his, you know, shake the rust off game like hopefully we get from Dallas Goddard who played before their bye week and didn't do very much. And then you get to week 12 plus where we don't know what Jordan Reed's going to do or the tight ends. We don't know if Brandon Ayuk is still going to be this guy. And then Debo Samuel is the number one receiver for San Francisco. So he's absolutely in play for sure.
1: But Curtis Samuel is going to be another popular pick. And he's already been picked up in 58% of leagues. So he's not going to be out there anywhere, everywhere, but touchdown in three straight games. His catch rate is like 90% because he's getting all these little short passes, but he, he gets care. He gets carries too. And we know that Christian McCaffrey is not going to be back anytime soon. Is there a chance that he gets three carries and five catches every week, whether, whether the catches travel a foot or, you know, eight yards, I think that there's a chance that he's going to still be involved in that Carolina offense. He's not my favorite receiver to pick up, obviously, but I think I'd consider it at this point. He's the number one
2: receiver for me this week because of what the the scenario is for Carolina. If there is no Christian McCaffrey and he's not been rolled out yet, then you're looking at the guy who's going to share the backfield role with Mike Davis because we saw that he had three carries each of the last three games. He scored two rushing touchdowns in two of those three. And one of those three carry games with McCaffrey last week against the Chiefs. So they like him in this role. And the target spike is what you have to buy into. So last week was a season high in targets catches yards, scored a receiving touchdown for the second week in a row. And you're looking at a game where they're probably going to be in a, in a shootout or chasing points against Tampa Bay because I don't think Tampa Bay's offense is going to be as inept as it was against Saints. So it's a good opportunity for Curtis Samuel. And if McCaffrey's injury lingers and Mike Davis continues
1: to struggle, then they're going to probably lean on him even more. And not only that, after Tampa Bay, there's Detroit and there's Minnesota. So the next three weeks, the toughest matchup is this week. After that, it's going to be even better for Samuel.
0: Yeah. you're wondering, I'm wondering, though, if it's Samuel... And DJ Moore, Samuel, kind of alternating, because this was the most that we saw Curtis Samuel in the passing game. But the rushing, I mean, he usually gets three to four carries a game. Had a rushing touchdown a couple of weeks ago, and we don't know that McCaffrey's out, but it doesn't sound good for Christian McCaffrey. And uh, Mike Davis has. But even really if McCaffrey
1: is on there, Jamie pointed it out. He still had three carries. Yeah, Samuel he did. did.
0: I know. Um, yeah, I just, I just like he scored a rushing touchdown a couple of weeks ago before Do McCaffrey not. came back. I don't think he's going to do that really with McCaffrey.
2: No, but, you know, the fact that they gave him the, the red zone opportunity certainly gets the Falcons, you know. So uh, I don't remember where the rushing touchdown came from uh, in week seven. I think it was against Saints. It was like um, seven yards out. Yeah, so, you know, red zone opportunities. Oh, oh,
0: oh week seven. Yeah, no, I'm
2: thinking of the Falcons. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if, if they're giving him these chances, you got to buy into it, you know, so they're trying to get the ball in his hands as much as they can. That tells you something. Okay, let's let
0: me ask you how you feel about Duke Johnson this week, assuming David Johnson is out. Uh Duke I'll Johnson. Start back.
2: Yeah, like where, where are we ranking him? Who would you start him ahead of? Uh this is a crappy week for running backs. So he'd be a top fifteen guy for me in PPR, uh closer to twenty in, in non ppr But at this point I have more faith in Duke Johnson than I do Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> you know, it's like yep. that type of that type of thing. Um not not over a lot of prominent guys, but you know, you're you're still looking at a scenario of he got what? close to 20 touches in a game that David Johnson started. And you know, he's going to work in the passing game. Uh, David Johnson has been basically as close to a workhorse as you can ask for in the NFL this year. And so Duke Johnson steps into that role. That's the encouraging thing.
1: Okay. And yeah. we've seen it from Giovanni Bernard and Jamal Williams already this year where the backup gets that big workload and the numbers have been good. So I think that that's what's on the table for, cool. for Duke Johnson. The only question is, are we a hundred percent sure that David Johnson's going to miss the game? Right. We can't say that definitively. It just he took a hell of a hit, like I said. So the the, the thing we'll that see. you're the thing that
2: you're looking at right now for your waiver priorities Tuesday night is what do I need versus what's going to help me long term. If you don't need Duke Johnson, don't pick him up. You could try to play defense and block somebody else who you're playing from getting him. I get that. But the thing that you gotta do is if your fab budget is in good shape and you wanna pick up a guy that Look, he may start for two or three weeks. We know how concussions linger. It's a, it's a, it's a wacky thing in the NFL. Um, but if he's, you know, if David Johnson bounces back and plays, uh, then Duke Johnson is going to be a waste of your fab money. So, you know, just be cautious about what you need and what you have to preserve for the rest of the season. So, Jamie, were there any
0: other names that uh, we need to throw out right now? We'll obviously give a whole bunch throughout the show, but any other high priorities Duke Johnson, Curtis Samuel, Debo Samuel, Dave said Tim Patrick, uh,
2: Austin Hooper, Dallas Goddard. Any anyone else? Like we haven't talked about a quarterback. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, you got to keep an eye on the every every Patrick Mahomes manager probably needs a quarterback. So Drew Locke and Tua are in great mm-hmm. spots. You know, I mean both guys coming off strong games. Clearly, Locke has been very good the last two weeks, fantasy-wise. Uh, you know, the Vic Fangio is basically calling out Pat Shermer at this point. Um, so their offensive game plan needs to be better in the first half, but they can't run the ball. So, you know, Locke with his receiving core. As healthy as it will be, despite the fact that he doesn't have Cortland Sutton and just lost Albert O, but still the main other parts are there and playing well. Um, You have to like that. So I like those two quarterbacks. And, you know, aside from Duke Johnson at running back again, if you want to look long term, I said this last week, I'll say it again. Jordan Wilkins, if the Colts decide to make a change, you know, it was two weeks ago. He outplayed Jordan Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Last week, Taylor had the fumble, you know, so. um, It's funny how Frank Reich is putting it on Tom Rathman to determine who's the, uh, how the rotation is going. And he said it was a game flow thing. It's a good matchup against the Titans. You know, we've seen them give up a lot of production to running backs. So I'm still going to give Jonathan Taylor one more chance. But uh, Jordan Wilkins is somebody I'd like to have on my fantasy team just in case Taylor has another mistake or struggles.
1: What about the world's most uninspiring superhero?
2: Goldman.
0: Freeman could be back this week.
1: Right, that's the. Other but is it. It, it hasn't Gallman earned enough to have that role, no. to be the lead back for the Giants? You don't think so? Well, no.
0: I would say that if he did, then you're really talking about a split. And I
1: oh, it's going to be a split either way. Yeah, like, like he's splitting like, but, with but Alfred it could Morris. Be Freeman on it could go back to where Devontae's playing in passing situations and Gallman is he, in the rushing down role. I think
0: he's looked better than his numbers, uh, but I don't know. It's crowded backfield. He scored a touchdown in three straight games.
2: Right, right, but the passing down work has been terrible for him, you know. So they've been using Alfred Morris. I'm sure that Freeman, look, Freeman's better than Alfred Morris. So you know he'll come in, and he, he, I don't think he's going to get Wally pipped, and all of a sudden doesn't doesn't play.
1: Yeah, I but- don't remember him being amazing when he was playing. Well, hey, look, his, games prior to to get, his two games prior to getting hurt were like, better than goal. Goal. That's true. Well, but, but, he, it's but not he had twenty touches. Than yeah. Did. yeah.
0: I know they have run games terrible. So let's just say right. that. Uh but uh yeah, you know, you could get some touchdowns there. Um JD McKissick, forty seven percent roster, just have to throw his name out there. Mm-hmm. Lions give yep. up the fourth most receiving yards per game of the running backs, and just the stat on Drew Locke, who Jamie mentioned, four of the last five quarterbacks to face the Raiders have allowed tw- have scored twenty seven or more points. Mm-hmm. And the one exception was Baker Mayfield in the horrible weather, right? Yep. I think uh in so, the tornado. Yeah. So um Lock it up. All right. Uh, tonight, <laughs> if you need more advice, come join us on Twitch, 8 p.m. Eastern. Twitch.com slash today. Come join us. We have a lot of fun. We answer your questions. Just, just kind of talk about life. Deep stuff, you know. Uh, and... Watch HQ CBS Sports HQ Fantasy Football Today noon Eastern Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. on Sunday. Great shows! And if you miss the noon HQ show, you can actually watch it on demand on the CBS Sports app on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app, scroll down, and you'll see the familiar faces of the Fantasy Football Today crew, and you can big watch it today. on demand. Big day! Big
2: day today. Why? Huge day. Who's on big today? today? Big surprise today. Big surprise day. Usual cast character. Okay. Big Dave surprise. David Heath will be there, myself as well. But huge day. Something new today. Brand new. Brand spanking new.
0: Oh, all right. Oh, oh I H3. know. Okay, now I know what it is. Yes, big day. I
2: must watch stuff. How much fab are we spending today, guys? I think if you need a tight end, you could probably spend a lot on Goddard or Hooper, you know, especially without Kelsey there. So, you know, if you have the fab budget to spend and you need help, um, I would not be surprised if Goddard is a potential flex option rest of season. And just keep in mind, remember, there was the win game against Dallas. It was his first game back after the extended absence with the ankle injury. So he didn't have a lot of targets and Wentz was very erratic. But the last time the Giants and Eagles met, it was the Richard Rodgers game where he had six catches six, for yep. 85 yards on eight targets. So Goddard has that going for him, plus what he could be. Remember last year, top 10 tight end, and his targets were up in the start of the season before he got hurt. So I like the outlook for him. Um, if you need you know some tight end help rest of the season, remember, we've seen – You know, I know John who scored, but he's been struggling. Hunter Henry's been bad. Um, You know, Mark Andrews is struggling. You know, if you want to just add a second tight end just to see if you can get some help, and clearly George Kittle's out. And then Austin Hooper, you know, again, you throw out that Raiders game, um, the game prior to that, which is the one Odell Beckham got hurt, which was the surprise game that Hooper missed. They got uh, three touchdowns from their tight ends with Harrison Bryant and David Njoku in the Bengals game. And Hooper, in the three games prior to his absence, had at least 10 PPR points in all three of those games. So at least now you matches. have Beckham gone. they are exactly five. Beckham yeah. gone and, um, you know, a favorable matchup against the Texans. So I, I think there's not just a one-week appeal for Austin Hooper, there's long-term appeal too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to have to deal with Baker Mayfield throwing 28 times a lot, but a lot of those targets are going go to go to Austin Hooper, you'd think. so. Uh he's big priority. And then like how much fab would you put on Duke Johnson if you need a running back this week? Well, you said he's oh, top he, fifteen, so I'll just let fantasy managers figure that out for, for themselves. Well, yeah, I mean I, it's I,
1: gonna be it's gonna be a lot. You're probably talking somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen to twenty five percent of what you started with, and it could be what you have left. That might be it. But if you need a win and he's the best running back to suit you, then you gotta do what you gotta do.
0: How much on J.D. McKissick? And let me ask you this. So McKissick, we think he's got a great matchup at Detroit this week. And Alex Smith seems like a pretty good fit for McKissick. And McKissick, Ben Schrager, he ran the most routes of any running back. Is that what it was? Yep, in the yep. whole whole league this week. Um, the next two games, the Bengal, after this week, the Bengals give up the fourth fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. You're talking guys like Eckler, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders all had 15 or fewer yards. Hunt's caught I a touchdown. To both. Game,
2: What's that? I threw out the Eckler game,
0: though. Yeah, I mean, it's week one with Tyra Taylor, sure. Um, And then the Cowboys, who give up the fewest receiving yards to running backs, including to J.D. McKissick, who did almost nothing in that game. So it's a great matchup. And then on paper, two bad ones. But maybe he can rise above that. Maybe he's just James White. Uh, you well, know.
2: I think what you got to do with him is just kind of know that you don't have to play him those weeks, but you still like to have him on your team. And Alex Smith, like you said, the the change in quarterback is a definite boost for what JD McKissick could be moving forward. Uh, the lions game and the Cowboys game would not be surprised if they're playing with a lead, which is when we've seen Antonio Gibson have his success. So Gibson is definitely in play for this week as well. But McKissick, I think with the quarterback change is going to be still somebody you can rely on. So the nice thing about it is, aside from the Cowboys game, he has six catches in four of his past five. Right. So that's just what you're looking at right out of the gate. He doesn't do very much running the ball, but you just know that you're looking at, like you said, a James White, a Tariq Cohen, a Darren Sproles, these guys that we've talked about for years, better in PPR than non PPR. So don't spend your money on him in non PPR. But if you do need to help uh, somebody to help you in PPR, I had him as a top 24 running back last week. I had him as a top 20 running back this week.
0: Okay. But how much fab out of your original budget?
2: It's it's the same. It's 10 to 15%, you know. If you if you're just looking at it, remember we're still talking most most 12 team PPR leagues, he's rostered, you know. So this is the 10 team PPR league. So, you know, it just depends on what's available to. You.
0: All right. You guys want to hear the injury list? Everybody take a seat. Get your favorite book out. <laughs> Here are the injuries we're keeping an eye on. Christian McCaffrey, shoulder injury. Mike Davis is 87% rostered. Obviously, if you see him, pick him up. Raheem Mostert and Debo Samuel could play this week. Damian Harris left with a chest injury, guys, so we'll get to it in a bit. But, Dave, your interest level in Rex Burkhead or Sonny Michelle?
1: Not high. Um... They're playing Baltimore. Not an easy matchup for him. I do like Burkhead's versatility. Maybe he gets 10 touches against the Ravens. That might mean 50 yards. I am i don't feel great about Rex Burkhead this week as anything more than a non-PPR or half-PPR flex. It
2: is, it is a very similar setup to what you have with the receivers for the Patriots because if there is a long-term absence for Damien Harris, then you get Houston in Week 11, and that would be a good matchup for whoever the lead running back is for the Patriots. Right, but the that's Patriots. the
1: problem. <laughs> so...
2: It's it's the same it's the same thing you know you're looking at Rex Burkhead coming off a very good game uh, same thing like Jacoby Myers coming off a very good game and if Harris is out you know what Rex Burkhead has been whenever there's been just one absence you know it, whether it's James White whether it's you know Sony Michelle uh, over the last couple of years so he's their jack of all trades and I could still see him being their best running back even if Michelle's there so I I would like to have Burkhead stashed if I have an open roster spot.
1: Uh, Baker Mayfield right, he's is not he's not gonna be like a ten percent of fab guy. No, 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 no.
0: Right. Okay. Well, if you're desperate, you know. Uh sure. Baker Mayfield could be off the reserve COVID list. And again, I'm gonna say that, you know, let me go back to that thought. I said it a few weeks ago, but I'll say it again. Every week we give fab recommendations, honest, sincere fab recommendations, and then I look at my leagues and every week guys are going for a lot more than we recommended. So all that means is there just needs to be one manager in your league that really needs that player or just isn't very good at <laughs> placing FAB bids and goes too crazy. And so you need to either understand, all right, it's okay that I didn't get this guy or this player that i right. have saving my set FAB. But Adam, I'll, I'll, but you might, have to, you might have to be more aggressive. That's always the caveat. We'll tell you what we right. recommend. You have to give it, you know, you have to put it in perspective of your own team and your own needs. And if you have Adam, to be more aggressive, I, I, go for
2: it. I write, The recommendations every week, and then I go to my own leagues, and I'm like, "Oh, I need this guy." Right? You know, so there, there, there's, you know, there's personal uh, bias there that I have to overcome with my own fantasy roster. So every, every, I mean, I think we say that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's clearly something that is case by case. If you need Rex Burkhead because you need a flex play against Baltimore, or Jacoby Myers because you need a receiver
1: against Baltimore, you pick up that guy and you use him. Right. So could could a fantasy manager go see what Jordan Wilkins went for? Or any running back from earlier this year in their league and say, okay, that's what I need to spend if I want to get Duke Johnson or Rex Burkin. I got to have them. Like, if you see in your league that these running backs that come off the waiver wire are going for 35% of fab, then I, w- I would make the assumption that that's what you would have to put down to get him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, good. it's a good reference point. You also have to consider at this point that fantasy managers have less fab than they did back then, but they're also probably a little more desperate for a win so I don't know which way that's going to swing it. I'm going to get right. somebody I'm,
2: who's who's three and six or, you know, this is it. What are yeah. you saving your money for?
0: Right. OK, uh, how about uh, OK, Baker Mayfield? We're hoping he comes off the reserve COVID list by Wednesday. Nick Chubb could be back
2: this week. What about Joe Mixon? I haven't heard much about him. Are we expecting him back? So they had a, a COVID related situation that didn't allow them to practice on Monday. So there was no understanding of what their injury report was looks like coming off their buy. So Giovanni Bernard is at 80%. If he's available, you have to pick him up because if Joe Mixon's out, even though it's Pittsburgh, you want to have that guy on your team.
0: Pittsburgh's been giving up a lot of long runs, like 14, 15 or more yard, uh, Rob was reading yesterday, since the Devin Bush injury. They don't have a consistently bad run defense, but they're giving up some big plays. Uh, We don't know yet about Devontae Freeman. Looking better for Miles Sanders. Expect him to practice this week. David Johnson, David Montgomery, both in the concussion protocol. Uh, the Colts say they have confidence in Jonathan Taylor. So we'll, you know, we'll get into that when we talk about. They got a Wilkins. funny way of showing that, right? They said it was game script. I think you can definitely think it was the fumble that was more the reason for one carry after the fumble. Uh, Kenyon Drake is day to day. Justin Jackson left after three snaps. We haven't talked about Kalen Balazze revenge
2: game. They, they put Kalen Balazs back on the practice squad, so it's something you got to keep in well, mind. Well, they can for. do that, though. They can they, right. It's a weird but maneuver. It, it factors in with Troy Mayne Pope, too.
1: Uh, yeah, they've right. got, they're going to mix and match all their guys. It, it could get really ugly until Eckler's back.
0: Well, let's hope Justin Jackson's back this week, because he could be a starter. Preston Williams has <laughs> a foot injury.
2: Here's the thing. Forget about Justin Jackson, because then when you do, he's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Preston Williams, foot injury. Kyle Allen, ankle surgery. So it's Alex Smith... Mike Williams, do we know anything about him? He left on the second to last play of the
2: game. There was no injury reported. Anthony Lynn, I haven't seen address it yet. So at this point, you got to assume he's playing. But I don't know how many people want to trust him against a good Dolphin secondary.
1: There was
0: a broken heart, Adam. Broken heart, yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> well he In that case, he and the
0: rest of the team have left with a broken heart think, seven times this year.
2: Never seen a, game, a team like that.
0: Noah Fant hurt his ankle. He did return, but now Albert O tore his ACL. So... Hopefully that could get, you know, maybe some more end zone targets for Noah Fant. Matthew Stafford concussion. Vance McDonald on the COVID list.
2: Uh, Matthew Stafford is not in the concussion protocol, though. He was checked for a concussion.
0: Oh, so he's healthy.
2: He's healthy. Okay. He's expected to play. And he's about 80% roster, I think. Ben Roethlisberger yes. hurt he both is his knees. Kenny Galladay injury or not away from playing for your fantasy team. Ben
0: Roethlisberger hurt yeah. both his knees, so you knew he was going to dramatically come back and win the game. Kendrick Bourne on the reserve COVID list. Richard Sherman is off IR, has three weeks to be activated. Irv Smith actually left with a leg injury. The Bears have been giving up a ton of touchdowns to tight ends lately. So Irv Smith is interesting, but he did leave with a leg injury. Don't not not Doesn't mean he's out, but just keep it in mind. Jake Luton's likely going to start this week. LaVisca Chenault's got a chance to play this week. Cleveland could be getting their guard, Wyatt Teller, who's had a good year back this week. Vegas is hoping to get their left tackle back and I won't go through the rest of the injuries. Oh, Calais Campbell. He's going to miss several weeks with a hamstring injury and that's a pretty big deal. You know, they've got the Patriots coming in now. Maybe that makes things a little better for Rex Burkhead if he's the starting running back. Let's get our top three in each position. Then we'll recap the Jets and the Patriots and then we'll get
2: even deeper into the waiver wire. Jamie, top three quarterbacks. The top three quarterbacks would be Drew Locke, Tua Tonga, vailoa and then it gets ugly. But... Uh, just depends on, I think, which need those two guys should be the uh, the two best. And then if you just need a one week replacement, look, Philip Rivers was bad against Baltimore. That was expected. But now he gets Tennessee. They've been awful against quarterbacks. And in his two previous games prior to facing Baltimore, he put up good numbers, at least 28 fantasy points in those two games. So I go back and forth between Rivers and Baker Mayfield because of Baker's mat- matchup against Houston. But the reason I would say Rivers over Baker is twofold one. You know that there's the COVID-19 scenario out there, so just in case Baker doesn't play. And two, they're getting Nick Chubb back. They're probably going to be able to run. I don't know how much Baker will throw.
0: And another name that needs to be thrown out is Jared Goff. He is 81% rostered, but Seattle this week. So if you happen to see Jared Goff on your waiver wire, hey, pick him up, wouldn't you? Would you you do that for him? Pick him up and start him against Seattle. Uh, Dave... Top running back. Same thing
2: with Wentz. People may have dropped Wentz because of the bye week. Yeah, he's what about 80 70,
0: 70 What is it? 83%. 83. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yep. Uh Dave. Well,
1: running back. Let me stump. Let me stump for Nick Foles, a quarterback, just as the third guy. He, again, you'd have to be desperate, but he's in that same boat as Baker Mayfield and Phillip Rivers for me. Uh running back. Duke Johnson, number one. I've got I've got Gallman second that's under the assumption that Devonte Freeman still stays away. McKissick is third, but there's still Gus Edwards is out there in 45% of leagues. Rex Burkhead's out there. Cam Akers is out there in 56% of leagues. I'm not saying that any of those guys I just named are top three. I think the top three are pretty simple with Duke, Gallman and McKissick. Uh, but Akers, if he follows the trend of what Swift and Dobbins did, there could be a big game coming for him soon.
0: So Dave, Who's the uh, Who's the running back that's going to kick Devontae Freeman to the curb?
1: <laughs> gall man! Uh, I'm surprised. I think, I think you you paint him as like an evil villain. I'm and surprised. I think he's more of like, you know, a, a superhero wearing gray.
0: But he is Gall. He's not such a steady. jerk.
1: No, like he... he His tagline is, hi, everybody. Like, he's not, like, the most exciting superhero. He's a boring superhero. No, his tagline is... gall,
0: man. His tagline is, that shirt doesn't fit you well. (laughs) Gall, man. Yeah, he's just kind of a jerk. Uh, I get it, I get it. But thank you. I'm surprised you have him ahead of, like,
1: JD McKissick, Gus Edwards. Because it's a tough matchup. He could be the rest-of-season answer at running back for the Giants. Okay. All right. McKissick, we know exactly what he is, and in PPR, he's that, you know, safe 10 to 12 point guy.
0: Yeah. What about Edwards? I mean, Gus Edwards has a a pretty good opportunity
2: this week. The problem is is that if Ingram returns. But yeah, like, if you were to tell me that Devontae Freeman is definitely out again, I would say that he should be third ahead of Edwards. McKissick, he should be ahead of McKissick in non-PPR but McKissick isn't on a different level than Gallman in PPR because if Gallman doesn't score, then he's going to be worthless. You're getting lucky that he's finding the end zone. Um, the, the thing about Edwards is, is, is obviously that if Ingram plays, what's going to happen, you know, who goes into what role does Ingram come back to being the quote unquote lead guy, or does he all of a sudden become the third guy because of what Dobbins and Edwards have done. The nice thing for Edwards is they threw the ball to him last week, had two catches and he scored in, in back-to-back games without Ingram there. So, You know, I I think Gallman and and Edwards are relatively the same uh, based on what their production has been, their touches have been, their workload has been. I would certainly take Edwards over Gallman based on his matchup this week uh, because it's great against the Patriots. Can I name one more running back?
1: Uh, Yes, and then I have a follow-up. Salvan Ahmed of the Miami Dolphins. Do you think he's the lead guy, though, because Washington's going to play? If, if if Washington plays, he might be okay. But I liked what I saw from Ahmed. I think he's got the most juice of any of those running backs that they've got. And I think the Raiders kind of proved that if you can attack the edges of the Chargers, you're going to have success. If or It's, it's take a week if, and a half to get out there. I don't right. know if Washington can. I know Ahmed can.
2: If it's the three guys who are still there right now, then yes, I'm with you. Ahmed should be the guy. But there's two things, again, working at play here. You have Washington making his debut, who they traded for, who may be their best guy. Or Matt Breida could play. Because, you know, it wasn't like it's a long term sure. injury for Brita. So um I think if you're in a deeper league, Ahmed could be somebody you want to add, but you know, it's going to be Howard at the goal line, which is unfortunate. And they didn't throw the ball to him.
0: Brita is actually pretty interesting, I think, as a waiver wire ad if he's going to play this week. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally, 64% totally available. off the
0: radar. I didn't realize it was that high. I didn't even look. I kind of had forgotten about him. Uh, 64%. Okay. That's interesting. No,
1: no. He's available. Oh, at 64% oh okay. Of leagues. That makes more sense.
2: Yeah. The, Dolph- the Dolphins running backs could be an absolute mess or it could be one guy is, is fantastic, but we just don't know which that guy is going to be.
0: All right. Last question about running backs. This basically, we've previewed the entire position. That's fine. Why not more aggressive on Jordan Wilkins here? You just, you just don't see a scenario where he's really taking over for Jonathan Taylor.
2: No. I don't think it's a situation where Taylor is, hey, bye-bye, you know, go sit down uh, forever. <laughs> because Jordan Wilkins is not great. I mean, you know, Jordan exactly. Wilkins had a, a strong performance two games ago against Detroit with 20 for 89 and touchdown. And Taylor fumbled last week. And so how much of this is... look, Because Taylor was actually running well before the fumble. You know, it wasn't like he was bad against Baltimore. His first so, carry was very good. Uh, and so, you know, you just have to say you see what the upside is with Taylor. You know what his potential is, you know, and I'm sure Tom Rathman and Frank Reich are looking at it and saying, God, just do the right things, dude. Just do what you got to do. And we're going to give you as many touches you can handle. And so short week, we'll see what happens. I'm still going to start Taylor as a number two running back, but Wilkins is somebody I'd like to have on my team just in case.
0: Yeah. The thing is about Jonathan Taylor is that I, I just, he's not having a good year. I was just reading reading about him in the athletic and then i was looking at some of the comments a couple of colts fans put the trent richardson tag on him so they're pretty discouraged he's just not doing well he's not making big plays and he's one fumble away from being it's code red if he fumbles again and we know fumbles are an issue here uh so yeah jamie's phrased it uh, framed it well earlier you you never know. Jordan Wilkins is not a bad player to to add and and to stash. You just don't know what's going to happen there.
1: But it would ha- it would take a massive commitment by the Colts coaching staff to make Jordan Wilkins useful in fantasy, and he's never been consistently good ever. I cannot prioritize him. I just can't do it.
2: Okay. He's also never had this opportunity to. You know, this offensive line, this
1: coaching staff, this system, with what everything they're looking mm. at here. So. I, just, I don't know if the it, offensive line is as good. It's it's definitely one of the better ones in the league at this point, but I think it's been a letdown. Oh, by th- the comparison to last year, yes. Yeah.
0: Let's take a quick break here on fantasy football today. When we come back, we got wide receivers, tight ends, all the DSTs. And make sure you're picking up Jason Sanders, please. And Rodrigo Blankenship. All right, kickers matter. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. Let's talk about some wide receivers now. Uh, did Jamie, give us your top wide receiver priorities.
2: Well, Curtis Samuel would be one, just based on the opportunity to get some carries with McCaffrey potentially out and you know, build off what he did last week. I wish it was DJ Moore getting these targets, but season high in targets, catches, receiving yards, and caught a touchdown for the second week in a row and facing a tough matchup against Tampa Bay, but you're looking long-term, again, depending on how long McCaffrey's out as well as what his role could be in the passing game. Jacoby Myers would be second for me, just looking at what the setup is for him. Uh, Hopeful that um, what we saw against the Jets is something that they could build off of. But like I said earlier, you know, you just got to worry about the return of Nikhil Harry, the return of Julian Edelman and tough matchup against Baltimore this week. And then I'm going to put Alan Lazard third. He's not very available at 62% with his roster percentage, but, uh, you know, 17 plus PPR points in two of the three games that he played. And with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, it's not a bad idea to have one of his top guys.
0: Samuel Myers Lazard Curtis Samuel that is I'm sure Debo Samuel will be up there as well Dave any other names you want to add I know you like Tim Patrick
1: Patrick Uh, is third for me I've got Myers one Samuel two Patrick three and it's more so for the PPR factor for Myers it's the same reason why Jamie like McKissick better than Gallman because the catches should be there and I'm not worried about Nikhil Harry coming back and suddenly ruining Jacoby Myers I think Myers has to be a part of the Patriots game plan moving forward, just because of how he's connected with Cam Newton. They'd be foolish to take that away. But Patrick isn't the number one receiver in Denver anymore. It has happened. Jerry Judy is that guy, the double digit targets the past two weeks kind of prove that. But what I am hoping for is that Patrick knocked the rust off last week and he still scored in that game. And then he can step up moving forward, get more targets than he did last week. This Denver offense drew lock. Isn't a perfect passer by any stretch, but he's attempting over 40 passes per game. I'd like to see that continue. And Jamie already told you, you could see it by watching the game as well. They are not very good at running the football with running backs. So, they're going to throw it a lot and Patrick should end up being that second best target for them. So I'm excited about him. Even if he's just a bench guy that I could use in place of a receiver who's on bye later on this year or gets hurt later on, I think he can fit that bill. They're using a lot of guys.
2: I mean, KJ Hamler had double digit in targets last week. Noah Fant is clearly going to have a role. So it's all a matter of is drew lock still throwing the ball 40 plus times. It's been three games in a row with 40 plus attempts. And that's the nice thing for all of these receiving options because their defense is struggling, their run game is struggling, and they're putting a lot on lock, which they should because this isn't a playoff team. So see what your young quarterback can do and feature some of these receiving options. So Patrick had a touchdown or 100 yards receiving in four of his last five games. The one game where he failed to do that, it was the game he got hurting three weeks ago. No, So um, we'll see. We'll see what he uh, what he does as the second guy, but he's, he's certainly somebody you should like.
0: Jimmy, I'm wondering if you... Uh, wanted to put John Brown ahead of these guys.
2: Yeah, didn't I give that to you?
0: I don't think... Well, I don't think you said him,
2: though. You said Curtis Samuel Warren. Yeah, you know what? That's a that's a mistake on my part because he's the first guy on the top of my list. Uh, John Brown's at 65%, so he's right on the threshold. But yeah, absolutely, he should be the first receiver added. I'm, I apologize for that. So um, with what he has... Uh, what he showed you last week when he's healthy is the type of receiver you should expect uh, because at the start of the season, he was fantastic. Josh Allen... I think missed him in in October when he was battling the the injuries. And you saw it, September, great. First game of November, great. Um, October, miserable. And maybe John Brown is is not necessarily the full key of what Josh Allen needs, but he's a big key. And he's, he's having a great season. He had a great season last year. And I thought he'd be good as the second option because looking at number two cornerbacks trying to chase him around the field, not going to be a pretty scenario. And, and that seems to be the case.
0: I just want to ask you real quick, the matchup against Arizona, they have not allowed two wide receivers in the same game to do well, really. You're looking at Detroit, Carolina, Dallas, Seattle, Miami. None of them had, like, two wide receivers go off. I think Dallas had two wide receivers get about 70 yards, 70 to 80 yards. So it's been a pretty good pass defense. Uh, so does, And if we're going to obviously expect Diggs to be one good wide receiver. So, unfortunately, you know, your top two wide receivers, John Brown at Arizona, Uh, And then Curtis Samuel against the Buccaneers, which is worse for him in the run game than the pass game. Are you
2: nervous about them this week? I don't. Well, I mean, John Brown, I'm starting, you know, so uh, like you said, it it hasn't been two receivers consistently. But uh, Preston Williams scored. Devontae Parker had 12 PPR points, you know, so uh, in PPR, you can still get two guys getting decent production. Uh, DK Metcalf just missed a touchdown at the end of the game. Um, you know that was called back on a on a penalty. You know that would have put him over the top with what Tyler Lockett did in that game. You know, so uh, some of it's circumstantial. I, I don't I don't fear John Brown going against that secondary.
1: Okay, Dave. Top three tight ends. Goddard won if he's there. He's available only in thirty seven percent of CBS Sports leagues. But if he's there, he's got the chance to be the best Eagles tight end rest of season. I know that Zach Ertz will come back, but Zach Ertz really wasn't doing that great when he was out there before. Hooper is is really close uh, close as far as like the difference between one and two. That's why I wouldn't spend a ton to get Goddard. I would try and probably put the same bid in for Goddard and Hooper and be happy to get either one of them. But Hooper's available in 60% of CBS Sports Leagues, five catches in each of his past three games. Now he's coming back to a Browns offense without Odell Beckham, and I think he's going to continue to get a lot of targets. You can take that as a tight end. One more. There aren't a lot of guys that are like that. Jimmy Graham is third. I really don't want to talk about him, but he he is a top ten fantasy tight end right now. If you just look at the raw data and fantasy points that he scored. Oh
2: it's his first touchdown last week since week five, but he does have four games in a row with at least six targets. So, you know, they're throwing the ball around all over the place. Like Dave said, Nick Foles is in play because of the volume of passing in the matchup against Minnesota. Minnesota has allowed some big production to tight ends lately. I think it's three of his last four three of their last four games the tight end has scored. Yep. Um. I want to go back to something because I'm glad you brought up John Brown because he's at the top of my list for wide receivers and I can't believe that I didn't mention him first. He is a break-the-bank guy. He is absolutely somebody that, if he's available, you should have on your fantasy team because he could be a difference maker.
0: Okay, and it's, yeah, you are right about Jimmy Graham. Through the last four tight ends, through the last four games, Minnesota's allowed a touchdown to a tight end. The one time they didn't, they gave up five catches for 79 yards to Robert Tanyan, plus another 46 Tanyan, yards to Jay Tanyan, Tanyan. right. Plus another uh, 46 yards to Jay Starnbagger. So that's uh, that's Jimmy. Jimmy Graham is the number six tight end in fantasy, and he is rostered in 52% of leagues. And I don't like that's fine. You don't have to treat him like the number six tight end in fantasy, but he Adam, is.
2: we're in a league together, the flex leagues um, where my tight I drafted Blake Darwin and I, I've picked up both. Or over the course of the season, Trey Burton, Jimmy Graham, and, and Robert Tunyon. Uh, I've, I've dropped Robert Tunyon, so I have Trey Burton and Jimmy Graham. And every week, I look at my tight ends. Like, I don't want to play Jimmy Graham. I just <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play Jimmy Graham. And you every week, I can play him. <laughs> and he's not awful.
0: Yeah, gets get some targets, get some catches. DSTs. He's right. the Todd
1: Gurley of tight ends.
2: How
0: about True. that? Uh, DSTs. Who are the we? Jamie, you said it's a great week for
2: streaming DSTs. Who do we got? The top two are fantastic. The Saints and the Eagles are available and the Saints get the 49ers. Who knows what that offense is going to look like, but it looked bad the last time we saw him against the Packers. Uh, Nick Mullins is a turnover machine. So love the setup for the Saints, especially after you saw what they just did against Tampa Bay. And then the Eagles against the Giants. Look, the Giants played well against the Washington football team. But I don't think that's a good indication of this team being a good offensive team. So the Eagles coming off their bye week, they should be healthy on the defense side of the ball as well. So great setup for those two. Then there's some interesting ones. The Lions, because you've seen what the Washington football team looks like offensively. It's not a good defense, but Alex Smith just had three interceptions against the Giants. And he's not going to challenge down the field. So it's going to be a dink and dunk type of offense. Maybe Matt Patricia can actually do some coaching and give the defense a game plan that could help their fantasy production. (laughs) Uh, The Dolphins, I know it's a tough matchup against the Chargers, but their defense has been great. They scored a defensive touchdown each of the last two weeks. So there's somebody that you can buy into against Justin Herbert going across the country. And then the Vikings defense against the Bears, they give up a ton of sacks. Again, the Vikings defense isn't great, but Nick Foles likes to fall on the ground and tends to turn the ball over as well. So you said That's Saints put it. Saints and
0: Eagles 1-2. Dave, who do you like better, Saints or Eagles?
1: Saints first, Eagles second. I've got the Vikings third, followed by the Dolphins and the Lions.
0: Okay, so that's the same top five. There are two teams that are rostered in, I think, sixty-seven percent of leagues that are also interesting. The Packers get the Jaguars and the Giants against the Eagles. You know they're probably going to be some sacks. Hopefully, some turnovers. That uh, the, the Giants against the Eagles a few weeks ago were not that bad. So, but I think you we drop we drop the Packers and the Giants
2: for the Saints and Eagles, right? And uh, we drop the Giants and the Packers. Yes. Um, yeah. I'd also take a look just because they were playing New Orleans. Uh, some people dropped the Bucks, And, you know, their matchup against Carolina, I'm sure they're going to be a little upset after what happened. I
0: think we have seen the last... Yeah, I totally agree. A separate note that we've seen the last two weeks. They are making some big mistakes in the secondary. I mean, they're leaving guys wide open. The Giants were not able to capitalize on it. And the Saints certainly
2: were. Well, Bruce Arians said what I think a lot of people watching that game were thinking like, why are you not blitzing? And he said, after the game, we thought that our front four can get after breeze. And that was clearly not the case. And they need to send some pressure. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're you have a great secondary, but you're leaving them out there to dry. If you're not going to get after the quarterback, yeah.
1: they might be able to get away with the same game plan this week, though, because the Panthers offensive line isn't anywhere as good as the Saints offensive line.
2: True. Jamie, who are the kickers to add? You mentioned Jason Sanders. Uh, I'd go back to Mason Crosby. He's been a little bit of uh a bust based on where he was earlier this season, but the Jaguars give up a lot of production to opposing kickers. And then I'm still going to buy into Blankenship. Blanket you know, I know he's been bad since their bye week, but um, I think this matchup against Tennessee, they'll move the ball. Whether they have success in the red zone, we'll see. But uh, I'll trust Blankenship once again.
0: All right, I'm going to recap for everybody, and then you know we still have more time. We'll still talk about more names. Drew Locke, Tua Tunga-Vailoa are the top two at quarterback this week. There's also, I mean, you could find Jared Goff, Carson Wentz on your waiver wire. Well, I'll ask you guys about Teddy Bridgewater in a bit. Um, Nick Foles might not be terrible. So there are some options there. Running back. Oh, he's
1: terrible, but he may be a good (laughs) fantasy (laughs) player. Exactly. (laughs) Right. The thing about Jimmy Graham or quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the Vikings, and you see they give up a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks. Look at the quarterbacks they've played, though. I mean, they have played like Hall of Famers, basically, most of the year. And Nick
1: Foles is.
0: A Super Bowl MVP. Our running back, Duke Johnson, J.D. McKissick, Wayne Gallman, depending probably on Freeman. Gus Edwards, Rex Burkhead, Cam Akers, not bad long-term. Jordan Wilkins, good long-term to stash. Wide receivers, Debo and Curtis Samuel are interesting, but John Brown is Jamie's favorite. Break the bank on John Brown, who's 65% rostered. Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, Tim Patrick. These are names to know. Tight ends, Dallas Goddard and Austin Hooper ahead of the pack. Jimmy Graham would be third. DST, Saints, Eagles, Lions, Dolphins, Vikings, or Saints, Eagles, Vikings, Lions, Dolphins? Dolphins. No, oh, Lions Dolphins dead last. Dolphins, okay. Don't, um, don't go with bad defenses. Jason Sanders, Mason... So Cro- <laughs> go with the Vikings? <laughs> They've been playing a little better. A they little have, bit. But they're still not good. <laughs> Jason Sanders, Mason Crosby, Rodrigo Blankenship are kickers to know. Patriots 30, Jets 27... Uh, you know, we covered this through the waiver wire. We covered a lot about the Patriots here. First question, though. Well, oh, by the way, Mekhi, Be- uh, Mekhi Beck, Becton left with uh, an injury. That was Jets left tackle. Rookie. He's having a pretty solid year, so he left in the first quarter when he's healthy. Yeah, he's right in and out all the time. Uh, all right, Cam Newton. Like you got the game you wanted against the Jets. He has scored what eight rushing touchdowns now this year? Yeah, and uh, um, is that right? Sounds right. Yeah. Do you drop them or do you keep? You're not starting them against Baltimore. Then it's Houston and Arizona after that. But, you know, I put them on the drop list. Yeah.
2: Just because, you know, you, you got what you needed. Right. And, you know, like, um, I'll just give you, you know, one example. I have Cam and Josh Allen as quarterbacks. Uh, and I'm going to drop Cam to pick up Drew Locke. to 10 team league. So Locke should be available.
0: Okay. So what about. Um, Jamison Crowder. How concerned are you about the situation? With Perryman, Mims, both healthy. We haven't really seen that this year much. They got 15 targets combined. Crowder had two. Luckily, one of them was a touchdown catch. Great touchdown catch. Uh, but this is a, a guy 20 who had... A
1: yard touchdown catch. It reminds me of, of what Flacco's tendency is. I think it played out perfectly in this game. To throw He's not field. a dink and dunker. Yeah. He's a downfield thrower, man. He's got, he thinks of himself as a cannon-armed quarterback. He might be I, the only one that thinks himself that way.
2: I don't know what the scenario is because I haven't you know, looked at the game extensively just outside from watching it last night. But the touchdown catch, Crowder had three guys chasing him. I'm going to guess he got checked. Like, let's let Brashad Perryman and uh, Denzel Mims beat us and not let the best receiver on the other team beat us, really the best offensive player on the other team beat us. So I would imagine that's part of what happened
1: to Jameson Crowder last night.
2: And, Along with Flacco. I mean, Dave's right. Yeah, Flacco's right. a different it's, it's, quarterback than yeah. than Sam he'll Darnold.
1: Be, he'll be back to being awesome in PPR when Darnold's back.
2: Yeah, plus they have their body. You don't have to worry about it. You're not dropping
1: James Crud.
0: I don't know what his typical uh, snap count is, but he only played two-thirds of the snaps, and he was coming off a, an injury. So maybe... That was his lowest. straggers tell me that was his lowest of the season. 67% lowest of the season. So that had something to do with it, too. Luckily, he got you that touchdown. Crowder was only started in 25% of leagues. Uh, any interest in picking up Perryman or Mims long-term?
2: Uh they weren't on their buy, I think you could look at Perryman and say Flacco starting for any, any stretch, that there's something to like. But even with Darnold starting there, I mean, look, they need other receivers. They're going to be chasing points most weeks. Their run game is non-existent, so... You
1: know, both guys are in play, um, but Perryman, you know, and but they both showed you something last night. But if you line them up against the receivers that we've already talked about, I don't think there's any, there's no way I'm taking him ahead of John Brown. There's no way I'm taking him ahead of Jacoby Myers or Curtis Samuel.
0: No, what about it, like Nelson Aguilar, like, Rashard Higgins, those right, they're, types of guys? They're in
1: that, right. So that's that same group. And I'd much rather have Aguilar who's playing this week and has played well for four of his past five games. In fact, every game that he's played in where wind wasn't a factor, he scored. I wish he had more targets, but I, I I think they're kind of the same guy, but Aguilar's the one who's been getting it done. I'd rather have him.
0: Okay. I have an Aguilar stat. Get to it in a minute. Time for the drop-o-meter. Drop-o-meter, 0-10. to 10. Corey Davis? Zero. Correct. How about DJ Dallas? Zero. One. All right, we got to wait and see. Obviously, if Carson's back, then, then different conversation. Then it's like an yeah. eight and a half, right?
1: Cole Beasley, seven, seven and nine. I'd still say five in PPR. John U. Smith. Oh, well, uh, I think he, he 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 bought himself one more week, so I'll say two. Yeah, you I know, say four. Emmanuel Sanders. Six. Zero. Six to zero. Revenge game this week. Uh, against awesome. San Francisco, I mean, he might get just six or seven points.
0: Well, he's scoring a little bit, you know. I don't know. Th- it's when a, a guy, when a player scores, yeah, when a player scores, then you, like you don't feel like Sanders is going to get a ton of targets. The rest of season. None of the scored, Saints wide receivers him. had
2: a great game, and he threw no. thirty-two times. So that was against a good secondary. This is a bad secondary. I'm giving Sanders one more week. Robert Tunyon, uh, eight five. Ten- Tenyon.
0: Eight, five, okay. Uh, Marquise Brown? Zero. Zero. All righty. Let's do some more waiver wiring. Quarterbacks in shallow leagues, you got Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, and Jared Goff, 81 to 83% rostered. If you see them on your waiver wire, Wentz, Carr, Goff. Dave, how would you rank those three?
1: Wentz is first. This week, Wentz over Goff? Wentz over Goff this week. Goff's still top 12 for me. I've got him ahead of Lamar Jackson in my rankings. I don't know if I'm going to keep it that way, but that's how I have it going into Monday night. And then is third against Denver, but I like them all.
0: Okay. Be- beware, Carson Wentz. I-, I know I said this a few weeks ago, and he had 32 points against the Giants, but the guy is really having a bad year. They're- they are definitely healthier. That's going to help. That's going to help.
2: So- uh I would, I would, the only guy that I would put ahead of Carr this week. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I would put two lock and two in that order ahead of Carr. So the order that I would have it is golf one, Wentz two, lock three, Tua four, Carr five. Okay. I love Lock this week.
0: And then we've got Rivers at Tennessee. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes in every game since week one. Mayfield, if he can just throw enough against Houston, they just allowed 23 points to Jake Luton. Nick Foles, I'm going to have to make a Mayfield versus Foles decision in our 2QB league. Luton himself at Green Bay and Alex Smith at Detroit. Detroit uh, last two weeks, Philip Rivers 28 points, Kirk Cousins 26 points, and neither of them even threw 30 passes. So uh, it's, it's a good matchup for Alex Smith. You know, it's Alex Smith. Right. Running backs, Duke Johnson. Well, the, the check to see if available group is Mike Davis, Giovanni Bernard, and Boston Scott. They're 73 to 86% rostered, and it speaks for themselves. If they have the opportunities, they're going to be great. Duke Johnson won. J.D. McKissick, Wayne Gallman, Gus Edwards, Rexburg. We've talked about all these guys. Uh, talk to me about the Dolphins-Chargers game, basically, and the running backs there.
2: Avoid it if you can. I mean, yeah. it could be messy. Uh, it'd be nice if there's some clarity on Justin Jackson out, Troy Pope in and Balazs still on the practice squad, then you could say, okay, maybe Tormaine Pope's got a chance to be the guy with Joshua Kelly, and we've seen Joshua Kelly struggle. For the Dolphins, if you get Matt to healthy, he'd be the one I think you look at, but we're probably not going to know that until Wednesday. Um, Dave mentioned it. Ahmed looked the best of the guys who were available to Miami against the Cardinals, but DeAndre Washington wasn't there. So Washington would be the guy that I'd put a bid on, small bid. Uh, Ahmed, small bid, you know, just to see if you get mm-hmm. one of the two. Um, yep. But the fact that Miami knew they had Ahmed – And still traded for Washington, probably tells you that they don't necessarily trust him fully and they didn't use him in the passing game at all. And you saw what Washington was last year when he got an opportunity to play. He was fantastic. Different team, different setup totally. But I still think it's worth uh, speculating on Washington just as long as
1: Gaskin and Breida are banged up. Do the Dolphins have a running back that you can point to and say, that guy's going to get 15 touches against the Chargers? Yeah, he's on IR. <laughs> now, okay. The thing is the chargers
0: have one of the worst run defenses in football 4.97 yards per carry allowed to running backs. They've allowed four rushing touchdowns in their last three games just to running backs. So that's the thing you, you know.
1: Booker had a 23 yard touchdown, run.
0: Right. I mean, this should be a game where we got, where yeah, we got Gaskin could, in our top 12.
2: Unfortunately, it could top top five. Um, <laughs> it could, it could be a scenario of like we saw last week, you know, where one guy, is getting you know maybe fifty total yards. You know I know Ahmad, Ahmed didn't get that, but he looked like he could have been on his way if they gave him more work. Howard scores a touchdown, and then one guy gets two or three catches. You know, so that's the frustrating part of this. They will use, yeah. they will be a total, committee.
1: total yeah. committee. It's a Patriots coaching staff, so it shouldn't be surprising. And but they, they I, I think weren't doing I think Belage ends up making the active roster in time for the game for the Chargers. If I don't Jack, think so, if everybody's healthy, right? Well, yeah. I, I think he does. I think he played really well last week. And it's crazy to say that because it's Kalen Balazs, but remember, he, he's not being coached by Adam Gase. Anymore. Revenge game. I, I, I do He's not think, just left Gase once, he's left Gase twice. Yeah, I know. And it's like he's twice as good, which is saying something <laughs> for him. But you get a Jackson's bigger boost out, every time you Jackson, leave Adam Gase. If Jackson's out and if Troy Mayne Pope is out, he's going to be my favorite Chargers running back for sure. I think Agreed. he could end up being a 15-touch guy who could like you could start as a number two running back. But it, it takes that. Jackson, yeah, I
2: wouldn't do that. It's a, good, it's a tough matchup. Chase Edmonds just showed you what you can get a lot of work in bad Well, that's the thing.
0: They were one of the worst but, run defenses in football before, before according to like DVOA and some other metrics, before the Chase Edmonds game. I don't know how Edmonds had such a bad game. It was so
1: disappointing. Because they used him the wrong way. The ga- I mean, they still, I don't, I don't care. They the gave him 20 touches. Times.
0: They gave him 20 carries. Like He should have done better. 20, 25. 25? They used him like they uh,
1: used Kenyon Drake.
2: Yeah,
0: well... it's um, not the same
1: type of running back, but Balazs is.
0: Okay, so Bears running backs.
2: Pass. No, thank you.
0: Somebody's going to have to get some work, right? Who? Yeah, who?
2: I, I'm, I'm going to guess if uh, if Montgomery's out, we see Lamar Miller make his debut because he's sitting on their practice squad. So, you know, you look at Cordero Patterson and, and Ryan Nall. Nall didn't get a carry last week, despite Montgomery leaving the game. He scored a touchdown through the air. I mean, Patterson
1: is... How what many catches is. did he have? Four. Uh, I think he had four. No. Yeah, so... Or Maybe there's something there, TPR, but I don't know if I... I yeah, just... he's null, man.
0: <laughs> null and void. <laughs> Wide receivers. Okay, Jerry Judy would be a big priority. Jamie, you also have A.J. Green listed at 68%. What's your interest level on in him?
2: Long-term. You know, I, I don't want to necessarily judge him on the one bad game he had prior to their bye week. He was starting to make some strides prior to that. You're not going to play him this week against Pittsburgh, but, you know, it's not a bad stash candidate just to see what happens to close the year.
0: John Brown, Curtis Samuel, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard uh, and Debo Samuel and then Sterling Shepard. If you want six catches, Sterling Shepard's got him. Every game he's been healthy. Marquez Valdez every game he's been healthy. Too. Yeah, yeah, Marquez mm-hmm. Valdez, Scantling um, mm-hmm. what do you think?
2: I just gave him two because the, the way that I write it is different than the notes I gave you so I just gave you both Packers guys together. So Gotcha. Uh, Lazard is the one you want to pick up. Valdez Scantling is you're stuck dart throw, hope that he, you know, scores again. But four targets last week, you know, two catches, 53 yards, and two touchdowns. It's just too fluky.
1: I hope that people in your league go after Valdez Scantling. Like, you, you shouldn't be the one to chase him. Let others chase him.
0: Uh, it's hard to ignore 184 yards and a touchdown from Richie James. What are your thoughts on him at New Orleans this week? Richie James. It if could he's... be in a good
2: spot if, if, you know, Bourne doesn't play and Debo Samuel's out because we just don't know what the tight end production is going to be. Um, You know, I'm hoping Jordan Reed has a better game, uh, but Ross Dwelly is still there too. I think you look at, uh, he he clearly showed Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff, something that he could play and needs to be involved. And so as long as Debo's out and been born is out, then not a bad number three receiver in deeper leagues better as a number four guy. But you know, this is not a guy you want to put in a bid for unless it's just a one, a $1 bid, zero bid, uh, or you know waivers run through once or, or twice and you need a receiver just to see what happens because we could get to the end of the week and everybody's healthy.
1: Another receiver that you better hope people in your league chase. They see those big numbers and they run, run, run to get Richie James. Dave likes
0: Tim Patrick. I'm, I'm sure we probably both like Tim pa- I'll like Tim Patrick to a degree yeah. at Las Vegas. That could be a high-scoring game. KJ Hamler right. had if, 10 if targets. If you love Drew
1: Locke, then I think Tim Patrick has to at least be in mind. Not a top three guy, but in mind. Uh, Darnell Doesn't Mooney. KJ Hamler either. Yeah. Yep. Hamler's on the list. They all had too.
0: a ton of targets last week. Darnell Mooney, Minnesota allows the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. If we can just get seven targets for Darnell Mooney, which he's, you know, he's around that most games. Seven of eight wide receivers who have had seven or more targets against the Vikings have had seventy seven yards or more or a touchdown. So that's you know a weird that step.
2: Darnell. Mooney and Anthony Miller have more targets than Alan Robinson in the last three games.
0: Interesting.
2: Interesting. Both have 24 and Miller Robinson has 20. Now okay. part of that is he left, he left the uh, Saints game. I don't remember mm-hmm. the Saints game with the concussion situation. So those guys in. guard. Oh yeah. It's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty late, late games there. Jalen Rager, Alshon Jeffrey, who are you picking up? If there was no Travis Fulgham, I'd say Jeffrey. But because Fulgham has established himself as the guy there, I'd rather have Rager and just knowing Jeffrey's injury history. But it's going to be fascinating to see what happens because Rager's kind of locked into the Deshaun Jackson role. At least that's the expectation. And Jeffrey and Fulgham, I don't know if they can coexist to the level that both guys need to coexist because Fulgham should be the lead receiver in the first read for Carson Wentz. But Wentz loves Alshon Jeffrey. Danny Amendola
0: has gotten seven or more targets in three or four games without Kenny Galladay, so you could keep an eye on him. He's 10% rostered. Rashard Higgins or Nelson Aguilar, who would you go with?
1: Aguilar.
2: I would take Higgins because I don't want to judge him based on the win game against the Raiders, and the targets were you know, certainly up for him in the first game without Beckham. The games that Aguilar doesn't score, it's going to be miserable.
0: The Aguilar, though is facing a team. This, if you want to be hopeful, in the last two weeks Denver gave up a, a 36-yard catch to Mike Williams, who had 99 yards and a touchdown, a 51-yard touchdown catch to Olamide zakias Maybe Aguilar Olamide. can take a bit. Olamide, okay. Olamide, uh, thank oh, he you. could
2: score. <laughs> there's, there's definitely the touchdown potential. You know, it's, it's a non-PPR PPR thing. I think Higgins better not in PPR. Aguilar better not PPR.
1: Sure, I would yeah. use the term safer, not necessarily better.
0: And four more players that Jamie provided. Chris Conley had eight targets, seven catches. David Moore could always score. How about that? Moore score. Ah, it's a bore. Michael Pittman, seven targets. Jakeem Grant. And there you go.
2: Well, you have two injuries at play there. The Conley suggestion is because Levisca not left with a hamstring injury. Okay. And Preston Williams left with a foot injury. So Jakeem Grant could be somebody in deeper leagues that you need.
0: Tight ends. You got Dallas Goddard. You got Austin Hooper, Jimmy Graham, Jordan Reed. I still have like a soft spot for Jordan Reed. Saints are, uh, I think, 24th against tight ends. They're not very good.
2: 25th, and Gronk dropped a touchdown. At least one.
0: Right. And Trey Burton at Tennessee. Irv Smith at Chicago. Six touchdowns allowed to tight ends this year by Chicago, including three straight games. Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, Jonu Smith, all caught touchdowns. we got to and check on out- Burton, And
2: just, just keep an eye because Jack Doyle is probably not going to play. He's in the yep. concussion protocol, so probably not going to get cleared by Thursday. And Molly Cox showed up on the injury report again with, uh, with a knee injury. Um, the Titans oh. have allowed three tight ends to score at least 11 PPR points in their past four games. Are we done with Logan Thomas? I don't know if you're done with him, you know, but the fact that he had an uptick in targets and a downturn in production is not the type of thing you want to look at.
1: Checkdown target.
0: DST, Saints, Eagles, Lions, Dolphins, Vikings, Kickers, Jason Sanders, Mason Crosby, regal Blankenship. Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you tonight at 8 o'clock on Twitch. And of course, HQ, noon Eastern. Surprise today. Big day. S- something debuting. Check it out. Um, and if you don't see it live, you can get it on demand. Just scroll down on the CBS Sports app on your OTT device and check out Fantasy Football Today. For Dave and Jamie and Ben, I'm Adam. Talk to you tomorrow and tonight on Twitch.